Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of A Good Drop. Today we're doing another blind taster. Yes, we are blindly tasting white wine today. So this uh, could be a real challenge to, I guess, identify if the prices are fitting for the quality. And more specifically, what style of wine they are. So, I'm Stu. I'm Michael. Let's get right into it. Cheers. Cheers. So in front of us, we have three green bottles. Two look almost the same, and one is in a slightly different style, but still green. Mm, Quite a slightly darker green, but that's Mm. undoubtedly the bottle and not the wine that's a darker green. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The... the Each three have different sized divots on the bottom as well. Yeah. Which is quite interesting to note. Wine number one actually has quite a deep divot on oh. the bottom, which is the one we are about to crack into and see yeah. what we think. So, well, wine number one is a um, a cellaring wine with a divot that size. Am I right? Yes, you would uh, expect that you could hold on to it for quite some time mm. at... But because we are podcasters and we're trying to tell you about said bottle of wine, we're going to just drink it right now. Yeah, we're not going to wait for it to be at its best. (laughs) And that could potentially make this even harder. Hmm. Just like getting (laughs) the top off the bottle. They they were a bit too well concealed, were they? Yes. I think that the... Oh, because the bottom... The the whole top mechanism is meant to like swivel, and because it's been sealed, yeah, because there was tape on it. Tape on it, yeah. And that there we go. Stopped it from. I think we just had to wait for. Oh no! Don't tell me the top's been taped. Okay. No, nope, no, nope, just just barely not taped, <laughs> but the tape was down over it, so I had to peel ah. it up without revealing anything. All right, here goes. So wine at number one, green bottle. Very pale in colour, the the wine. Whoa, whoa. Uh, yeah, it's it's quite a light, light coloured wine. Hmm. Ooh, so smell to... smells interesting. It smells very, the... very fruity. Yeah, it smells young. It's yeah. got that that strong yeasty smell, and I which I recognise from or that that smell from a when we had. When I made that mead, I the the first couple of sips I had had this smell to it. Yeah, it smells uh, fruity, sort of citric. I mean, just just from smelling it, I think it's a dry white. It's dry. Well, not super dry though. It's got um, doesn't have those tannins, I guess. Mm, though it's definitely tannic. It's just not mm. excessively so. Like there's a little bit of by sort of mid palate. Hmm. But not that not that sharp bite you'd expect from a really acidic wine or a cheap wine. Yeah, very interesting. Flavor mm. sort of uh, sort of wraps your tongue. Yeah. And I- the 
I don't know really. I don't really know where to place it. No, I mean the the aftertaste is almost like I don't know. I can't really even describe the. It's almost like something what you'd expect from something that's gone bad, perhaps. And really? I, I know that's not really something to describe with with a wine, but admittedly, we haven't let this breathe. True. And it's got a, quite a deep divot in the bottom of the bottle, so we can pretty much say for certain this wine is not at its best. So in that case, should we pour a second glass and let and let it sit for a bit? Yeah, but perhaps we should, before we decide on this for sure, mm. move on to wine two and All let, right. let wine one sit. Yeah, good, good call. Um, we have let these sit outside the fridge for five, ten minutes, so they're going to be about the right temperature for drinking a white wine, which, contrary to how most Australians drink it, is not straight out of the fridge. Yeah, it, it shouldn't actually be <laughs> ice cold. It's, it's not a beer. All right, I've got to go get some more glasses. I, I think I, I might actually open the other two bottles so they can breathe while we're continuing on, because that way we won't need this delay in the future. And avoiding such a thing will make for a more efficient podcast. <laughs> and this is taped shut again. So we need to move these away from our drinking drinks so we don't mix the flavours, the smells. I can already see that it's a slightly different colour, slightly yeah. different green. It's, it's a little bit uh, it's more a yellow lighter g- in, in colour. Yeah, it's more of a yellow green than a green green. Oh, gosh. That's a very interesting uh, aroma, almost like passion fruit. Are we drinking passion pop? Oh, wow. You're not kidding. You weren't kidding. Yeah. This is much more sour than the the oh. other drink, much more tart. Yeah, it, it is like drinking passion fruit. Yeah. This does not taste like wine. <laughs> Uh, I mean, sort of, it, but it, it's definitely a wine, but it's very, very strong passion fruit flavors. Yeah, there's definitely been. I, I'd say that they must have added passion fruit. I, I don't think that you could bring out passion fruit flavors this pronounced naturally. No, I, you know, pro- prove me wrong, listeners. Tell me, tell me how you could if we've got any winemakers listening do do tell me yeah. how you would do it without adding passion or, fruit or sommeliers let yeah. us know um our contact info is going to be at the end of the episode or in the show notes mm. i mean it's it's not as uh no it's still quite um it's not as tannic somehow no but it is more sour more it is tart. more sour it doesn't have that um it doesn't wrap your tongue it doesn't have the same mouthfeel yeah yeah and the the aftertaste is not nearly as pleasant mm. And this one has, uh, since pouring the glass, pouring the drink into the glass, some bubbles have formed in the bottom of the cup. Yeah, they have. As opposed to the the first one, which has a few bubbles, but that that took ten minutes to form, whereas this took maybe two. Two. Yeah. yeah very very quick. Mm. So, I'm, without trying, the, I think we should. Uh, Shall we try to make some judgments now? We'll wait till we've tried all three before we try to place them. This, I, mean, this... I, I feel pretty strongly about this one, but we haven't <laughs> tried the third one yet. Yeah, uh, this definitely tastes cheaper than the first one. Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have that complexity to it. No, um, and it's yeah, it's not it's not as nice. I I think this is a a wine you'd need to drink with something. Like drink with something to eat. Like you couldn't sip this one on your on its own. Yes, no. I think if you were to drink this with 
like a very hot Indian curry, something that would completely <laughs> <laughs> completely destroy the flavor. Completely destroy the flavor of it. Oh, uh, so you reckon this is the cheap one? I I feel like this is the cheap one, but we haven't <laughs> tried number three yet. Oh man! So it is it is plausible that number three is even worse than this. I hope not, because this is not great. Because we we know that these were chosen by someone who knows nothing about wine, which just makes it all the harder. Mm. Uh, what kind? What style of wine would you say this is? Chardonnay. Oh, gosh. Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, I I reckon it's a Chardonnay because it, the shape of the bottle seems to change based on what kind of wine it is. Because I remember seeing a lot of uh, Sauvignon Blancs or Semillon Sauvignon Blancs in the style of wine number one and wine number three. It's actually got a very like a remarkably deep divot in the bottom of it right. for something that tastes like passion pop. <laughs> maybe the passion fruit will taste nicer tomorrow. Mm, maybe it will. Because if you don't normally drink wine, you probably don't normally keep wine either. So if you have a, a drink, well, if you don't drink the whole bottle, say you can save it for for the next day or the day after and it'll change flavor. I'm honestly not sure what it is. I mean, it's very sweet. It, it could be a type of Riesling, perhaps. I guess. I mean, we have uh, the nine noble grapes to choose from. Yeah. Um, I I'm leaning towards the the heavier end of the of the spectrum towards Chardonnay. Um, but it's almost too fruity to be a Chardonnay. Well, and I don't think it's dry enough either. Hmm. Like Chardonnays tend to be very dry. True. So that's why I'm 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 quite confused about what exactly this one is. Like the the first one feels like it's a soft blanc. Would wouldn't it be funny if it was like yellowtail or something? That that would be pretty funny. <laughs> We're trying to trying to describe the nuances of this wine and it's just four dollar shit. <laughs> All right, I'll finish this one and we can and we'll pour the next. return to. So we, do we want to leave number one sit right through number two as well? Do we want to pour number three? And then return to number one and let number three sit. I mean, the bottle's been open. It's been breathing. Yeah. All this time. Well, given the size of the divot, which is virtually non-existent... It, it's a quaffing wine. It's a quaffing it wine. really need to breathe. Yeah. So I, th- I, I think we could just pour it and away we go. And away we go, yes. And then we can return to number one yeah. after the fact. All right. So we have clean glasses May I? Oh, yep, yep. So now Stu will pour wine number three. I mean, you normally pour the wines because you're the the wine person. And the wine guy, but we don't. Wow, this one looks almost like water. Just the the color. I mean, it's it's, it's effervescing super... slightly from being poured, but that's not uncommon. It's but it's super clear. It's really clear. It does look very much like water, and the the bubbles that are formed at the top of it. Are almost reminiscent of of a beer. suds, or oh, soap suds. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Oh, and there's still I'm seeing some very tiny bubbles actually in it. Oh, that's probably from how I poured it though. But they just seem to sort of be sitting there. Yeah, oh, no, they're they're raising out of it very slowly. Yeah, hmm. but it is sorry, it is forming bubbles on the bottom of the glass quite rapidly. Yeah. It has almost no discernible fragrance, though it. what I can smell does have a hint of fruitiness and a sort of floral 
Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. This is really light on scents. Yeah, really light on the scent. Can't can't smell much. Oh, it's quite the, it's a very subtle flavor as well. Mm. It's very compared to the last one, very pleasant. Wow. Yeah, it's re- it's they're not kidding about being a coughing wine. Yeah, you could down this sucker. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's a, a little bit. A little bit tannic, like a slight hint at at the front of the palate. Mm. But towards, it... like towards the end of the mouthful, not at the beginning. It's like yeah. just a slight sweetness, and then there's that little hint of tannins towards the towards the end, just as you as you mm. swallow it. Yeah, it, it's like the difference between a uh, an IPA and a uh, tropical ale. Like the, between mm. the um, the first one and the last one, like a, a tropical ale or a summer ale, um, is super light. It's designed to be thrown back. It's easy to drink. It's got a little flavour, but not a lot. Versus your IPA, which is the the meatiest drink you can get. Yeah, or full like a triple IPA. Yeah. yeah, and you know, even if you hold it in your mouth for a while and really let it just rest on your palate, it doesn't become overwhelming. And it's, it almost tastes a little fizzy. Yeah. If you leave it on your tongue. Yeah, it's it's very pleasant. Mm. And and still there's not a lot of flavour to it. Like, yeah, there's definitely some hints of fruit and yeah, slightly slightly fruity, slightly florally sort of bouquet. But I'm not detecting any hints of spice or anything like that. It's yeah. very simple. Hmm. That's really interesting. Where would you put this one? Well, now that we've tried all three Although we need to go back and try number one again now that it's yeah. rested for a bit. I I think I can almost tell already, though. Yeah, I've got a pretty good idea, but I don't yeah. I don't want to chisel anything in uh, into the stone of the ages until we've actually retried number one. Well, you you have a better idea than I do. All I can go is what my taste buds say. I don't have a lot of knowledge. When it comes to tasting wines, mm, but that's that's what we're seeking to to learn through these blind taste tests, though not mm. what's more expensive, but <laughs> which what's, actually tastes better. What's better? What's deserving of its price bracket? Yeah, because I've I've been informed that one of these bottles is nearly ten times the price of another one. Mm. So, <laughs> and and yeah, which one is it that? cost that and is it deserving of that bracket yeah because i i think it's only only in one of our taste tests have we agreed with what the pricing was that would have been beer wasn't it i I think i think it was beer yeah Hmm. i mean we were wrong on what one of them was Mm. but we were right on on the quality and to to price like the the price was fitting Mm. to where we matched its flavor profile yeah, which is good. It's nice. To, it's nice to see when taste buds line up with price bracket. Yeah, whereas the the whiskey we were mm. way off, <laughs> way off. However, it's almost better in that case because that means we have a drink that you wouldn't expect to be good because marketing and price, but actually is. Yeah. So somebody who goes, well, I can't spend too much, so I'll just grab this, can still have something that's really nice mm. Mm. I've still got some of that three hogs left I've been saving it for for a special occasion because it is actually really nice 
really nice, yeah, because it's like like this wine that we're drinking now. The flavors aren't complex, but they're mm. so pleasant. Yeah, it's it's quite nice. Yeah, because complexity is not a requisite for a good drink. Something no. that you enjoy drinking that enhances the moment hmm. is really what makes the difference. I think. Also, the company. Yes. Of if course, you, the, the company. If you're recording a good podcast, or you're, <laughs> you're drinking a good drink, that, that makes a difference. Yeah. Well, even at parties, you can you can be having the, the worst time, or, yeah, you can be having the worst time, and it doesn't matter how good the wine is, it's still going to be shit, because you're not having a good time. But if you're with good friends, and you're, the, the wine's not the greatest, but it's still drinkable... I'm not condoning the drinking of shit wine. No one should be drinking crap wine. Yeah, I mean, if if you like it and we consider it to be crap, well, that's you know everyone has their own tastes. I, I suppose and you're you're welcome to to like whatever you want, but but yeah, if it's a wine that you don't like, it doesn't matter how good the company is. You're probably not going to enjoy it, but mm. at least you'll enjoy the company. Yeah, that is very true. Um, I'm actually feeling a little tipsy right now. So we we should probably have a little bit of water to cleanse our palates after we finish this mm. because the flavor profiles as i recall between this and wine number one are very quite, different and we different. don't really want a crossover that is very true it's a shame i don't have any soda water because mm. soda water is perfect for cleansing a palate mm. as uh as you know you would remember from our wine episodes as our plain crackers Oh, I have some crackers. And uh, plain bread as well. And we are back. Okay, so... So So now we are returning, after it's been breathing, to wine the first. (laughs) Wine number one again. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how different this tastes compared to the first time. Well, the, the bouquet is basically the same, though it's, I think, slightly more complex. Yeah, it's lost that freshness mm. smell, that yeasty smell. Yeah, I'm still getting that citric fruit fragrance mm. to it. Um, when I'm talking about a yeasty smell, I'm talking about, like, uh, bread dough or... Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for the listeners, mm. uh, I'm talking about the bread dough or, um, or old beer. Oh, yes, the old beer smell. Yeah, it's like a real yeasty Mm. And yeah, with with that gone, the the fruity fragrances sort of stand out more. Yeah, it really does. And I think I get like a what's a hint of apple or pear. Ooh, you got to taste it. This is much better than when it started. Yeah, after after resting for a bit, after breathing. Yeah, it is so much smoother. Significantly smoother. Yeah. Like it's far less tannic. I'm not getting that um, slight bite in the aftertaste, and the yeah, the tongue the tongue wrap is significantly less pronounced. The mouthfeel has changed. Mm. It it's less it it's slightly more tart, but less acidic. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and this is definitely a lesson for you, dear listeners, to be sure to let your wines breathe. Well, especially if they've got quite a deep divot. Yeah. If if they don't, then it's not so much a problem. Yeah, if it's a quaffing wine, you can just throw that down straight away. I like it a lot more now that it's had time to breathe. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's um, surprising how how it's mellowed. Yeah, I mean that this makes me think that this is the expensive wine. Yeah, I, I think this. I think it goes one three two. One three two, as in one is the top and three is yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Well, one one is the top and two is the bottom. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I get confused every time. <laughs> like, first, third, second. Yes, because I think that the first is the best. First is the best. The third is the second best. And the second is the third best. Because pricing may not match what we think for quality. Mm. Yeah. Which is part of why we do this for you, dear listeners, so that you are aware that just because something is expensive doesn't necessarily mean it's good. And just because something is cheap doesn't necessarily mean it's rubbish. Mm. They are, you know, very different tastes, though. Mm. I would mix this with, or pair it with um, fish. I would pair this with fish or, um, or like, strong-flavoured fish or or chicken. Yeah. Or even, um, even pasta with a carbonara sauce. Oh. I could go for some cabanara, actually. Mm. Mm. And yeah, with, um, with this wine, it would or, be... Or pork, actually. Like a roast pork would, yeah. go, would go nicely with this. Yeah, very, Cause, very true. Because it's got just enough... Like, it, the flavours are strong enough to, to not get lost with the saltiness of the pork. Um, but they're not too strong to um, change the flavour of the pork. Yeah, or, or overpower yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I think wine number wine number three, you'd, you'd want to pair with something subtle. Yeah, the the third one we tried. Yeah, like yes. a, a light flavored fish. Well, possibly a light flavored fish, but I think also if you were to have say a rump with mushroom sauce, it it would probably yeah. complement that acceptably because the because you wouldn't taste anything. Well, because the the flavors <laughs> of it would be almost. Refreshing after yeah, after a bite of yeah? your meal. That makes sense. Wine number two, however, where yeah, would we I, put I think that? you'd. I uh, might uh, pair that with a hot dog or a hamburger or something. <laughs> Maybe something I, with a strong flavour. I I'd pair that with a person who's already had a bottle of wine. Yes, it does. It does sort of seem like a second bottle, or maybe even a third bottle. Yeah, if if you're at that point to to fully appreciate oh, it and not think it's rubbish. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's. Hmm. Admittedly, it's it's not rubbish. It has its benefits. It has its positives. Yeah, but it it's it's very tart. It drink. is very tart. Yeah, you'd need to perhaps with a Mars bar or something, something sweet. Something to counteract that tartness. Hmm. That sweet and sour pairing. Yeah. Like if you if you mashed it with something with something with caramel, I think anything with caramel, like, would probably balance that out. Like, like, uh, cheesecake. Hmm. Like a caramel cheesecake. Like a caramel cheesecake. Yeah, I think if you had it with a caramel cheesecake, wine number two would be quite pleasant. Mm. I think the flavors would be contradictory in a complimentary sort of way. I have a recipe for caramel cheesecake, I think. Um, a restaurant I used to work at made some pretty nice 
caramel cheesecakes. Um, they were. Um, you didn't have to bake them either. You just. Oh, I, I do fridge. like a non-baked cheesecake. Mm. Um, so much faster. Oh no! It actually took longer because it had gelatin in them and it had to set. Mm, but the the, uh, the preparation, like the the amount of time you have to spend paying attention to it, is shorter. No, it was longer because you had to boil the cans of sweetened condensed milk. Oh right, yes, that would that <laughs> would definitely slow things down a bit. But with with most fridge setting cheesecakes, you do a little bit of prep, put it into the container, and then whack it in the fridge, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But these ones took a little bit longer because of that boiling process. Mm. Um, but they were they were pretty good. I'll see if I can find the recipe. I'm fairly certain I wrote it down, but who knows at this point? It was nearly ten years ago. Oh yes, that things things do slip away after a decade. I I could probably look it up, but you never know. You never know. Mm. But so so I, well. I I would still recommend drinking wine number one cold, um, because as it warms up, it it's uh, it's a little more bitter. Yeah, the the flavor profile changes depending on the temperature, and yeah, it's definitely becoming more bitter. So I suppose now uh, now that we've tried them and we've made our predictions, mm. now we've got to figure out what they are. Yeah, time for the reveal. Time for the reveal. So let's start with wine number two. Because that's the one we think was the worst. All right. All right. So we have the receipt in front of me uh, for whatever it is we we have received. Oh, okay. So this is... It is a Cloudy Bay New Zealand wine. So New on the Zealand. receipt... Cloudy Bay Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, so that was a soft Blanc that had no. that to it. No. This was the expensive one. Really? Yeah. We we didn't let it breathe. What? Well, I, I think we, we owe it to ourselves to pour a fresh glass of it <laughs> and let it breathe. All right, all right. Let's do that. What? Well, um, I suppose we owe it to the wine as well to to let it breathe. If, if now, that, now that we know... Holy shit. And... Well, I suppose it's got a reasonable it, divot. It does have a reasonable divot, so let's, well, let's freshen the glasses... <laughs> Fire out. So, okay, so we've poured another one and we're going to let it breathe. But yeah, so we we've potentially been unfair to that wine. Now now that we know that it's the most expensive one and we we were in hindsight unfair to it in letting number 1 breathe and but not, not number letting two. number 2 breathe when they do both have sizable divots. Though mm. so number 1's divot is significantly more sizable than number 2's divot. It is still definitely pronounced. Yeah, and it and it has a very different flavour to... Yeah, all three wines yeah. have a, quite a different flavour. Quite a different flavour. Mm. Okay, so... <laughs> so, well, we probably shouldn't reveal the other two until we've retasted number two. Until we really know what number two tastes like. We can't be definitive... And we thought we knew what number two tasted like, but we didn't let number mm. two sit for a while. And, you know, obviously, as as dogs would know, you need to let number two sit for a while <laughs> and then taste it. Oh so thanks to the magic of the internet and editing, we have passed about 20 minutes worth of time to let this wine breathe. 
I nearly drank it a few times, just not thinking about it. And Mickle's yeah. like, no, don't you taste it. Yeah, wait for it, wait for <laughs> wait it. Wait for it. Uh, so, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Well, it, it doesn't smell any different. You're right. Oh, it, it smells less bitey. It does, yeah, okay. Yeah, slightly more subtle. Slightly little, more subtle. A little less spicy, yeah. But still yeah. very similar. Hmm. Well, so did wine number one. It sm- smelled very similar. Well, that's true. And, oh, oh, gosh, okay. That's that's surprising. This actually seems a little bit more... Uh, yeah. Uh, after sitting for a bit. I wonder if that's because it's warm. Well, I mean, it's not warm, warm. Not warm, warm, but it's not cold anymore. It is still below the ambient temperature. Yeah, but yeah, it hasn't improved. No, not not at all. Mm. It's shocking. I guess if if you like a really bitey white wine, then this is probably good. It's it it is definitely different though. Yeah, there's there's some more nuance to it mm. without a doubt, and it's not. Overpowered by passion fruit flavors anymore. Yeah, which was, yeah, like the the passion fruit notes have mellowed significantly since the first sip. But yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's definitely there. It is ever <laughs> present, but there are other flavors as well. I can't quite put my finger on them because that passion fruit keeps beating them over <laughs> the head. <laughs> but but they're there. Maybe Just... apple. Yeah, I think a little bit of perhaps green apple because it's still very sour. Very tart. Yeah. E- even though we know it's the most expensive, I I still feel like it's the worst of the three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like flavor profile wise, it's it's like a putty in my mouth and everyone threw up. <laughs> it's, it it really yeah. tastes like a cheap wine. Mm. Like, it's not the worst wine I've ever had. No, but but not, of these nice. three, it's it's not. Yeah, it's definitely the worst of these three. Mm. It is not not deserving of the price bracket. Like, I get that New Zealand has a very good pedigree for wines. Yeah, but just not this one. <laughs> um, what was it? Cloudy, Cloudy, Cloudy Bay, Bay, New Zealand. I mean, could be a wine that needs the aging. Like, we could have gotten lucky with wine number one, and it just didn't need that mm. cellaring. potentially wine number one is just so good mm. that if we'd waited like four years, it would be spectacular. Yeah. And who knows, maybe wine two, if we'd waited four years, would be better. Well, I'll let you know in, in the next four days. I'll keep it in the fridge for four days and that approximately ages it for about mm. four years. And in the in the next episode, we can reveal if it improved or not. Yeah. We'll, uh, I'll add it to the start and just give you a quick update. Yeah. Mm. So. So let's reveal wine number three, because we're going three. in backwards order of to what we thought was the worst to what we thought was the best. All right. Here we go. So we are slowly <laughs> peeling off the tape that covered, and it's taken the label with it. Can we yeah. see what it was? Well, I can see Sauvignon Blanc. So it was a soft Blanc. Uh, actually, I think it might might have been a Semillon. Oh, a semi soft Blanc. Yeah, it's a semi soft Blanc. 
But it's taking the label off completely. And the tape is taking the label off. That's what we get for covering a label with gaffer tape. <laughs> and for, for those of you who aren't familiar really with what gaffer tape is, it's otherwise known as duct tape. Super no, sticky it's, stuff. It's known as gaffer's tape. Or gaffer tape. Yeah. But it's also duct tape. Duct tape uh, is gaffer tape. Oh. You'll never guess what this wine is, Mickle. It starts oh. with G and ends with S. It starts with G and ends with S. Gossip's Semillon Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, a Gossip Semillon Blanc. $3.90. And that, that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because it's it's got, like, the flavor profile is not unpleasant, but it's very, very subtle. And it's definitely a wine that I could see people who don't like wine liking. Yeah. And I have seen a lot of people who I know who don't like wine, admittedly mostly of the female <laughs> persuasion, drinking a lot of gossips. Yeah. Because th- their marketing department targets that market. Yeah, because it, it goes down easy, the flavors aren't strong. Mm. It's. Um, I would certainly say that this is a good entry-level wine. Yeah, me too. Well, it's a good entry level white. I mean, even though it's three dollars and ninety cents, I would recommend it for people who are new to wine. Yeah, the the flavors aren't Unpleasant. complex or mind blowing, but they're pleasant. Yeah, I and it's it's easy to drink. I would almost equivalent equivalent this one to the uh, Hogs Three mm. because it it's not complex, but it goes down really well. Yeah, the, the the there's not a lot of detailed flavors there, but the flavors that are there are very nice. Hmm. Very nice. So, the wine number one is the Jim Barry Silly something. I think we have to read the label. Well, we can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just going to come off. Um. Oh, I see. It's, it's cut off, is it? Jim Barry. Jim Barry, silly. Silly mid on. Right, we can try. I'll, I'll try and peel it off. It's a Sauvignon Blanc. There you go. Okay. G- the Jim Barry, silly mid, o- mid, silly mid on Sauvignon Blanc Semillon. <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc Semillon. So that's that's a heck of a mix of grapes there. Yeah. So it pale straw color uh, demonstrates aromas aromas of cut grass, lychee, lemon butter, and hints of rose water. And yeah. That that yeah. I, I would agree with that. Definitely, it, it it had that floralness to it, along with the fruitiness that. Mm, definitely that citrusy. We, we talked about, and uh, that that was the second most expensive. Mm. And I think it's probably I think it's deserving of its uh, of its price bracket. Yeah, you know why it was good. The the vintage is listed as twenty fifteen. Ah, so it's already had a few years. Mm. Honestly, guys, um, I would recommend uh, going it again. Mm. I'm pretty sure this is. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah, silly, silly mid on SBS Sauvignon Blanc Simeon. Nineteen dollars. 
1899. Yeah, and yeah, very, very pleasant. I mean, I, I would, uh, I think you could easily drink the whole bottle of, well, the, the gossips, though I never thought I'd say, oh yes, I could happily drink a whole bottle of gossips, but... <laughs> No but, one wants to admit to drinking a whole bottle of gossips. But you could easily drink, in easily in one sitting, drink the whole bottle of the, the gossips or yeah. the silly mid on. Yeah, the, and, those are both really nice wines. Yeah, I it's it's just a shame that the Cloudy Bay Sauvignon Blanc is so rubbish. Mm, I think with with the right pairing, it would be good. Yeah, if you paired it with something that. Had an almost contradictory flavors to balance out. Maybe a its brie own or a camembert. Yeah, maybe even a blue vein. Oh yes, yeah. Because I don't think salty would go with that one. I don't think salty would go with the cloudy bay. Yeah, no, but something certainly with a strong flavor, like mm. strong flavor, strong smell, like a blue vein cheese. Yeah, would would potentially sit well with it, and then you'd really enjoy it. Hmm. So I think this has inadvertently been a Sauvignon Blanc episode. Yeah, purely by accident. Well, I think my girlfriend said that she tried to pick ones of the same... The same type. The same type. And she chose... Sauvignon Blanc. Right. It's very well known, as as we know, as we've pointed out in our previous white wine episodes. So I, so I I guess we now have to list it as a... Sauvignon Blanc episode, as opposed to white wine. Yes, blind taste testing self Blanc. Well, it does, of course, mean that we can come back and blind taste test other white wines later. Sure does. And I'm looking forward to those episodes. Um, but I think we're done for this one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> we definitely are. Now, for, for our next episode, certainly one worth tuning into, because it's been a while since we've talked about cocktails, and for that it one, has. we are going to talk about Really, the the staples you want to start a home bar, otherwise mm. known as the most common cocktail ingredients. Yeah, because everyone needs to start somewhere, and with the drinks we're going to talk about in the next episode, you'll be able to uh, efficiently choose which drinks you're going to buy. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to make the most cocktails with the least ingredients. It's a good starting point for any home bar. Sure is. Just add a bar. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, time for the plugs. Time for the plugs. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app or Apple Podcasts or Podbean. We are a good drop all about alcohol. Yes, and uh, be sure to follow us on social media. We do post there occasionally. We are a good drop podcast on all the social medias that we are on. Hmm. And uh, we have an old-fashioned website, agoodjob.com.au. And we would love you guys to send us feedback, comments, questions. uh, Suggestions for future episodes. Or your favourite wine. Send us what your favourite wine is. Send us an email to agooddrop at gmail.com. Yeah, that's all the plugs. So, until next time, cheers. cheers.